Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now, back to the podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are watching this or listening to the podcast later. We're glad that you tuned in. Today, we are gonna be talking about using images and video in social media. And you know, here's what you might be saying. Well, I don't do social media for your job but you're probably using it in some form or fashion. And here's the thing I really believe, and my guest I'm confident believes, that videos and images can really enhance everything you're doing there. So we're gonna be talking about that, even kind of behind the scenes social media, how do you can use these things to improve what you're doing? So with that said, let me jump in and introduce our guest. Our guest today is Jessie O'Donnell. Uh, she started at TechSmith when she was three years old. That's not actually true, but considering she's been working there longer than me, you might think that was right. Jesse is our social media coordinator and a dang good one. If you ever communicate with TechSmith on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter, or any other of our social media platforms that we're on, you've probably communicated in some form or fashion with Jesse. Although just to be fair, she's not the only one doing it. We do let her out for air occasionally. She is really, a, in my experience, a master at social media, media and handles difficult challenges with grace and a sense of humor. I've seen her shrug off social media that would make most of us cry or frankly, throw our phones while she just moves on to the next challenge with Grace. I've had the privilege of being Jesse's coworker, her manager, and most importantly, I, uh, someone that I consider a close friend. And she has, uh, she is someone that I know that can, in event of a crappy day or I'm just in need and laugh, I can turn to. And it's my great pleasure to welcome to Jesse O'Donnell to the Visual Lounge. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Matt. Thank you for that awesome intro. You are welcome. And and for everyone who has tuned into any of our shows, you are the Jesse that I'm always referring to who is helping behind the scenes. Yes, I get to be on the other side today. It's it's kind of weird. So bring, bring all your questions because we've got some we've got Ryan. Uh, Ryan Board is yeah, watching the chat. Let's give <laughs> Ryan it. a run for his money. He'll That's never right. volunteer to fill in again. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> So, so Jesse, I obviously introduced you, but is there anything else you would add to your your introduction to help people to get to know you a little bit? Um, sure. Yeah, I have, like Matt said, I've been at TechSmith since I was three years old. Um, I've been here twenty years, and uh, I am I am older than twenty three, but we don't need to worry about that. Um, and I have social media has been my primary focus for about the last ten. 12-ish years. Oh my gosh. And um, so it's been really exciting to see the evolution of that, not only um, in the industry, but at TechSmith and how we've handled it and um, changed our approach to things. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just really excited to be here and get to nerd out about all my uh, social media stuff today. Yeah. And I, so I think it's, it's, I want to dive into social media here kind of dip deeply quickly. It seems like you know, when I remember like when Twitter started and it was like, oh, Twitter, and it was, but it was all text, right? 140 characters, <laughs> that's all you got. But it seems like every social media platform has 
tried to become much more of visual platforms. And I'm curious, kind of from your experience, Jesse, how has that changed like the role of a social media coordinator or manager uh, in terms of what you do on a regular basis? Sure. Yeah. Um, I know that I, I learned about Twitter from a brown bag that we had with um, one of our coworkers at TechSmith and remember thinking at the time, you know, what would we ever do with this, especially as a brand? <laughs> um, and now I, I mean, a lot of times that's the first thought that people have is I'm going to go to Twitter to interact with this brand. Um, and so it, it's, it starts out uh, with us just being there for customers and responding to things. Um, but then as image and video comes into play and that's kind of TechSmith's bread and butter with our products, uh, it, it's really helpful to have those tools available to be able to get people answers they need and actually provide, you know, screenshots and videos to help learn how to use our products. And then, um, you know, especially from the publishing side too, it makes for better, better content as well. Yeah. It seems like, uh, I mean, the limitations that these platforms have put on it, uh, scream for the need for like short, mm -hmm. short, quick videos or for images. And, and so in your day to day, um, are you doing a lot of images? Or are you still just kind of, are you doing a lot of text responses? Like what, I guess fill us in. Cause I, you know, I actually sure. remember when we started our, our, social media team at TechSmith yeah. and it was like one person and then we grew from one person to I think you, you might have been the second person and um yeah I think I think we, we only had a couple but yeah it's it's definitely changed a lot so what kind of does day-to-day -day look like is it mostly you're just a keyboard warrior sure. you know tapping away or what there's still a lot of text um definitely uh but a lot of that text is also a link to something like a tutorial or a screenshot, um, especially if people are asking questions like, how do I do this? Or where did this thing go in my in my product? Maybe they're on a different version or something like that. It's it's easy for me to pull up the product and take a quick screenshot and provide that as like a, a screencast link so that it's a link to the to the screenshot for them to look at or a quick screencast. So I make a quick video, you know, navigating to where they need to go to find what they're trying to do. Um, so there is still quite a bit of text, but um, on as part of interacting with a customer through text over in our social media channels, part of that is me communicating with our internal teams like tech support or customer service or the actual product teams to say, hey, where do I find this? I'm not actually sure. Uh, and then they're able to help me out. And so screenshots are so important to that because can you imagine trying to, you know, get a response back? Say, go to the help menu, go to this, then go to this. Do you see this? And then wait for a response back. So it just makes it so much faster if you can just, you know, have a quick screenshot to to explain where to go and do things. It's, it's much better on both ends. <laughs> well, I, I love that you're, you've simplified things, right. By making, being able to show, but, but the connection I think I want to make for our audience here is the fact that how valuable that is internally in that communication. Um, I mean, I don't know that we can quantify these things, but I imagine the, the amount mm -hmm. of information going back and forth, because email is already tough, right? Like, yeah. If you're in a support department and you're getting getting more emails from internal people, uh, it just takes so much time. But then if it's just an image or a couple 
like, Hey, what, what is this? You know, like mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's got to uh, kind of speed that up. Do you have any good, I know we, before we talked for everybody, we talked about like, Hey, are there any stories or examples? And I'd love to hear, you know, I think these are the concepts here are really probably best illustrated by us just talking through some of the things that you've experienced, mm-hmm. because as we know, experience is the most important thing, right? Like we got to yeah. level up somehow. I'm going to throw all the Dungeons and Dragons reference in. Is in yes, your absolutely. <laughs> Do it. Um, yeah, definitely. So um, one of the things that I, that I feel very strongly about is making sure that we're taking, um, you know, especially like customer feedback about, you know, products or experiences that people are having. Um, and sharing that internally with the product teams and with tech support, um, like I said, so people can get the help that they need quicker because social media is, it's a huge part of how we communicate outwardly with our customers. It's a huge part of how we take messages in, but it's also a huge part of, you know, the customer service experience for people. And so, you know, to wrap that around fully, you have to be taking that feedback and giving it back to the product teams. And so I do that by um, taking lots of screenshots um, to catalog the product feedback that I'm getting, the actual messages from customers, Mm -hmm. as well as, um, you know, screenshots within the product to point out the specific areas they're talking about. Um, And then I kind of um, organize all that. I tag my screenshots um, as like feedback in my Snagit library so that if I'm taking screenshots as I'm replying, when I go back, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't lose all that because I don't know about you, but I don't remember every single interaction I have during the day. Um, That would be quite a superpower. So those like being able to tag things in the library is really powerful. Um, And then my favorite part is I also do a a report, you know, internally, and I can take those um, things in my Snagit library, or I can just do a quick video. It's almost like a cue to remind me to go back and look at that interaction. And I can make a quick video talking through it. And then I can (laughs) shoot it right into Camtasia. Um, I feel like I just kind of hack my way through making images and videos, even though I work with these tools every single day, you know? (laughs) Which, which is great. And, and so I love, again, I want to just draw some of these ideas of things that you're saying out here. So I love this idea of capturing information because oftentimes I think I'm going to make a screenshot or I'm going to take a video for the sole purpose of like, I'm convincing somebody or con- showing them how to do something. But I love this mechanism of, of capturing because um, mm-hmm. I think for anyone who's doing social media, this is, this is brilliant, Jesse. I love this, that like product teams that... I carry very little weight with the product team, right? Like they're like, okay, that's Matt. He's an expert, whatever. But when a customer says something, it's infinitely more valuable than if, if Matt has an opinion on something. And so I love this, that you're able to do that. And I've seen some of your reports and seen the things and it's, it's amazing just to kind of the, how quickly we can gather uh, thoughts and sentiment and feedback based on just a bunch of screenshots from people saying kind of mm-hmm. whatever it is that they have feedback about both good and uh, you know not not so good yeah it's not all rainbows but you know nothing is all sunshine um, makes a desert right that's right exactly <laughs> um another thing that is a, a really kind of um fringe type of feedback that you wouldn't maybe think of right away because we're a software company. And so the majority of the messages we're receiving are about our software. Um, But we also get feedback 
you know, indirectly on how people respond to things like our advertisements. So um, I guess I do have a, a little story. So there's one where there was a title of one of our eBooks that people um, really did not like. And if anyone has ever interacted with this, just know that you made me laugh every time you commented on it. Um, and I won't call it out specifically, but this was something that um, it, it was really eye-opening to me because there was kind of a disconnect between, um, you know, the the copy on the ad and then what people were saying back. And the social media team is kind of the bridge between those two things. So it's our responsibility to make sure we are cataloging that and taking it back and saying, hey, people really have a kind of an issue with this. And at first it was like, you know, one or two. And then it was like, we're getting a lot of people saying the same thing about this ad. And uh, so then we were able to kind of change how we were saying things to make it, um, you know, to fit the goal of, of the piece, because it was really taking away from the value that was being provided. It wasn't that people weren't um, finding the content valuable. It was just the way that we had worded the advertisement. And so that type of feedback is really valuable too for, for marketing. Yeah, I, I love that. And uh, Jesse, as you know, you know how the show works. You, you, you've sat through comments. I'm just going to share some comments as we go because I think it's- Please do, yes. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. So Alan says, it's that customer service experience that makes people like me feel valued. TechSmith customer. So absolutely. Thank you, Alan, for that comment. We're so appreciative. And, and, and our good friend, Jason Vlad said, wait, if Jesse is live, who's in the chat? Dun, dun, dun. It's a mystery. Jason, I thought it was you. Yeah. J didn't he get the invite? Wait a second. Yeah, I think Jason's oh. probably moderating. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> so, so Jesse, one of the things I've come accustomed to in social media is, um, you know, we, we see a lot of memes being passed around, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, as a brand, I've got to imagine there's so many fine lines that you have to kind of watch. Um, and I'm, I'm less interested in the memes and that, that piece of it. But I think there's sure. always a question when it comes to videos and images about quality. Because I can imagine mm -hmm. you are moving from potentially fire to fire to fire to help people. And I don't mean fire in a bad way, but I mean like things people have needs sure. and they, you got to answer those quickly. Um, that quality, like could you could like, I'm just going to slap something in call it good. And, and is that okay for brands to be doing, do you think, or, or should they be taking time to refine whatever kind of visuals that they're doing? So it is better quality. I, I know it's not all or nothing, but what's that balance look like for sure. you? Yeah. So there is a difference between, you know, I'm creating this um, piece that's going to be promoting some of our content or to try and get people to take an action or maybe to even just convey information, okay, like your published content. Um, when people are asking for help or, you know, they're, they're asking a question, um, it's more important that you show up with an answer, whether that's a quality screencast or it's something you threw together quickly. Um, it's so much more important that you're actually providing an answer than, you know, creating a polished piece of content. You know, the, it, the, the value there is getting them an answer, not creating a masterpiece to share. So I've got to imagine uh, there are, and you mentioned, you know, like you use these tools all the time, but you're still like, ah, you know, your confidence level and how good they are. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like for our, like, there's got to be hard to put something out there that's not quality. I imagine there's a lot of our audience mm -hmm. who will say, nope, I'm not going to do that because I, I'm not confident one with how the audience may react. You know, you don't want them mm -hmm. to act, react poorly or 
I don't feel good about putting something out there. It's kind of like, uh, like, so how do you, how do you work through that to make sure you, you do feel good about it? Is it just the fact that like, Hey, at least I'm giving them an answer that's going to help them. Or, uh, you know, this is where I like, personally, I, I struggle too, because it's like, well, I, I want my best foot forward. I want them to see what's yeah. the best. Yeah. Um, it, it, there is, Again, I'm going to have to say it depends, which, you know. Of course. We say that all the time. Um, it's, it's it a always does, answer. right? It always depends. There's always, a, there's always a time and a place, right? So when you're trying to provide an answer for someone, as long as you can get them the, the, specific, um, the specific answer for what they're trying to do and try and help them solve their problem, um, if it's a screenshot that has an arrow in it, that's good enough, in my opinion. Can you read what's there? Is it showing... Um, the place they need to get to to solve their issue, that's good enough. Um, if it's some type of outbound content, you know, you're repurposing some content, which I know we've talked about a lot on um, the live stream before about repurposing content. We were with an awesome third company that does a lot of repurposing. So a lot of times I will try and kind of do that with maybe one of our blog posts or something. You want to talk about things in a different way. I have zero graphic design skills at all. Um, so we even have a, a tool. We use, um, we use Canva a lot, which is great because it gives you simple templates. You know, nobody can mess this up. I can mess this up. So a lot of times I'll look at something and I'll just way overthink it because I'm, I'm thinking it's got to be more complicated than this. I need to put a lot of thought and um, you know, skill into this and it needs to look really polished and nice. And then I just way overdo it and it's hor a horrible mess. So keeping things simple, I've found has been the key, like have one goal in mind with your content, stick to that. And then when you go and you review it or you have someone else look at it, make sure they know that goal as well. And if it accomplishes that goal, then it doesn't matter if it's going to be selected for some kind of, you know, graphic design award, it's going to get the information across. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of uh, even developing, and you could do this in Snagger or other tools, but having some templates mm -hmm. to help you to move through it quickly, whether that's even just brand colors or, you know, whatever it is, yeah. sh certain shapes, that just seems like that would be super helpful mm -hmm. to have as, as you're, I mean, I've got to imagine the daily need to build or make something is, is just present because no two questions are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And nor will nor two two answers be the be the same. I want to share a quick uh, yeah. another comment with you, real quick. This is our friend Kathy. Uh, Kathy says, "Totally agree, Jesse. Our users cannot complete a project if they get stuck. The longer they have to wait, the greater chance of a blow up on social media, uh, which is a great great point." Yes, and that kind of um, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, Matt. With um, it sounded like you know, a lot of times there might be a little bit of hesitation to put something out there because you think, oh, it's not good enough or, you know, what will people think? Um, and, may, and maybe this is me just having developed that thick skin with being in social media so long. You just have to try it and put it out there and people will tell you if they don't like it. That is, um, that has been a, a really um, big lesson that I've learned and that I try to teach people as well. Like, just try and put it out there. And if, if your customers don't like it, they will tell you, and then you can modify it and find a way that it, it does accomplish that goal that you're going for, or maybe look at your goal. Maybe that's not the right thing that that's going to resonate with people. 
Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I want to, again, I mentioned, you know, so for, we'll, we'll let the, the audience in on this. We play Dungeons and Dragons together. And uh, so you've got like a plus two armor and social media. I love it. Uh, it's that thick skin. <laughs> yes. I, I, I need to level up my, my armor. Rich, the Rich Schaefer Show says, I have found that spontaneous live content seems well-received, allows the viewer to share the waterfall live during a hike. But if I am not doing it live, then preparing in Camtasia makes it great. Thank you for that, that Rich. Uh, that's, I mean, that's great insight, right? Like, and I love what you yeah. said, like your audience, like they'll tell us, they'll tell us if it's good, they'll tell us if it's not good. Um, but I think most people are just happy to, to get that answer. They're happy to, mm -hmm. to move on because, I, and, and tell me if you think I'm wrong, Jesse, but I don't think people are using our product or other people's products because they want to use the product. I don't use Snagit because I want to use Snagit. I use Snagit because I want a screenshot. I want to annotate an image. I want to make a visual that's going to answer a problem. Same with Camtasia. Yeah. I don't I don't use Camtasia because, I mean, I use it because it's part of my job, but uh, I, I don't use it when I do use it because I want to use Camtasia. I use it because I want a video. I need a video. I need to right. communicate a message. Do you, do you think that res that's that's true? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and you know, another part of social media is that you're kind of listening to other conversations that are happening related to things that people are doing with your software. Maybe it's not specifically with ours, but um, we'll regularly get tagged in, you know, things like Twitter chats or um, conversations people are having where they're recommending tools. And whether it's a competing tool or, or one of our tools, th that fact does remain. Like people, they don't care what the tool is. They find the tool that's going to work for them to accomplish a goal. It doesn't matter, you know, that I'm using Camtasia or I'm using something else. Right. That's a great point. Now, I want to interject here for everyone that is tuned in listening. Uh, by the end of today's show, we've got more to talk about Jesse, but by we're going to do something. We had put out a couple weeks ago that we we're doing a contest because Jesse, guess what? This is one year of going live and live streaming. So we've been doing this. Not we didn't. I don't think we hit every single week, but I think there was very few that we didn't hit. Uh, Pretty so, close. You haven't had a break in a long time, Matt. I just, I take, look. I don't take vacations on Thursdays because I, I want to be here for our audience. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so here's, but we got, we did a giveaway if people, it's now it's too late. You can't enter. So sorry if you missed the boat, but if you, if you posted how something you've learned over the last year, hashtag visual lounge, we we've rounded those up. We are going to be giving away three to three people. They get to choose audiate. Uh, we're going to, they can choose audiate or, uh, I can't speak. Camtasia, assets for Camtasia, <laughs> assets for Snagit. They get to pick one of those, but three people. And we're going to roll, in true nerd fashion, we are going to roll yes. dice for this. And we're going to choose who gets to be a lucky winner. So that's coming up a little bit later. But if you do have questions, you've got thoughts or comments you want to share about how you're using images in social media, I want to talk to Jesse. She's our resident social media expert at TechSmith. Uh, put it in the chat. We got we got someone, and I don't feel like I can give him credit for helping out today, but he does. Uh, uh, he gets all the credit. Ryan gets all the credit today since Jesse isn't yes. paying attention to what's going on. Is that hard to nope. do, not pay attention? Are you A little bit. There's a little <laughs> bit of that, like, I'm missing something over here, but I, I don't even have it open because I would be distracted and I'd be wanting to respond, so... Well, we're we're it's glad fine. you're here today. So, so Jesse, yeah. as as we as we start thinking about keep thinking about visuals and image, 
so there's the front forward facing customer facing side of, of this, but you mentioned communicating with what like, customer service or, or technical support, but there's also a lot of internal stuff that you have to do. Just, you mentioned yeah. reporting. What are some of the times you find that you're, you're using visuals and images in your job that is internally facing, that's maybe not dealing directly with the customer? Sure. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the feedback that we get, I do take that to the product teams directly. Um, and sometimes there's, you know, personally identifiable information to get that right PII yeah, uh, that we need to kind of hide because it's sensitive content and we don't want to just be sending that in an email or something, whether it's in a screenshot or, or text. Um, so I do, you know, regularly have to blur things out to hide, hide names and things like that, or, you know, email addresses. So that's really valuable, um, for me to be able to do that quickly. Um, you know, I see a lot of screenshots that are taken like on a phone where people like crudely, like cross things out. And, um, I've definitely done that, but it's so easy to, when I'm on my computer to just be able to like highlight and blur things really quickly and share that where it needs to go. Um, and then let's see. Um, oh, I know you make uh, some training. awesome, you make some awesome video, like results oh, yeah. videos. <laughs> I do. Uh, yes. So I do love using Snagit and Camtasia together to make my internal report videos. So I'll talk about what we did on social media this month. Here were some interactions we had. Here were some new things with our internal tools that we're using. Um, and this last month I did create one where I like to um, use Snagit for my main video, but then I go and I edit it in Camtasia because it's really easy for me to quickly just record my screen with me tapping through a presentation with Snagit and then throw that in Camtasia and add some music and call outs. And I cannot help myself talking about memes and gifts. I can't help myself, but I have to add call outs to all the stock footage that I put in my videos um, because it's just funny to me. Like I like to pretend that the people in a meeting are talking about what I'm talking about or, you know, and just <laughs> add a little bit of humor, some little Easter eggs for the people. Um, it has two purposes. One, it makes it more entertaining than me just droning on about what we did. Um, and number two, it's, it's like a reward for the people watching. Like they, they get a little bit of, um, they get the entertainment and then I get to see who is paying attention because people typically will reach out and say like, I see what you did there. So, you know, it's kind of twofold, but, uh, it adds some fun to it. I can't, I can't do my job without having fun. So yeah, I would imagine on a daily basis, the number of communications you have to have with people that if you're not having a little bit of fun, uh, you would be burned out and wore out very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you have to kind of put yourself in people's shoes, too. You know, I'd be frustrated if I was in this situation. And so I don't take anything personally. It's very hard to get me too riled up with with things. Um, I, I understand that, like, you're probably having a bad day if you came and you're that upset. So uh, we're going to try and try and help you out. So, um, yeah, I do like to inject fun wherever I can. So, I, uh, yeah, I use um, I use Snagit and Camtasia together to make our videos. And I have templates in Camtasia so I can just drop my video in and I have like an intro outro thing going on. Um, so that makes it super simple. Um, oh, go uh, ahead. Did I you was just going to say that that's it's, it's such a thing. Like I, I imagine because social media doesn't stop and we try not to work you 24 hours a day. I mean, yeah. legally, we don't think we can. Right. Um, 
But but it, it makes so much sense that if you can save yourself a little bit of time, you're you're just that much more effective mm-hmm. at, at not only on the customer side but internal because we all know an internal share out isn't free of time. It takes still time yeah. to, to gather everything together. So I love that idea of having just some simple simple templates that because yeah. we don't really care if you use the same template over and over. We're just happy right. to get the information. Yeah. Um, and this month I left in, you know, my kid and my cat in the background and I just made it part of it because what the heck? I mean, that was life. That's what was happening. And I feel like, you know, this past year, more than any other, I think has been really great for people to see that like, oh, yeah, I can make a video. And it's OK if it's not that polished piece of art because everybody's making videos. So that's been yeah. kind of nice. Uh, Andrea says from, oh, she's watching on LinkedIn. Thanks for watching, Andrea. I love that reward for watching and more fun. <laughs> yes. Hi, Andrea. So, oh, yeah. Are, are you okay to take a question? We got another question. Yeah, Jesse. for sure. Yep. Uh, Rich says, when posting to the different social media sites, do you know if there's an information site as when each social po- platform posting is more likely to be viewed? So I think the question is summarizing here for Rich is, is there mm-hmm. like, do you have senses of when things are going to be viewed? Do you like, how do you keep track of that? And, and I would, I, I would sure. extend this question because we're all about images and videos here. Do you know that if things are going to get like, does that make images and video make a difference? Like I'm, and this is different than responding. This is kind of like planning your posts sure. out, right? Like, are there yeah, good times definitely. that you find and are, are, do images and videos make it better? Yeah. And it's, it's dependent on the platforms. Definitely. Um, but we definitely see differences with, you know, um, LinkedIn, if you have more text that does really well, we've seen a lot of success with videos on LinkedIn lately as a brand. Personally, I get better results with just text. So it really depends on your audience and you have to kind of play around with it. Um, we're pretty lucky because we do use, um, some social media management tools that have some awesome built-in reporting. Um, so we use, um, we're using Sprout Social and they have a, um, viral post time. So they have this algorithm that will kind of predict when your content is most likely to be interacted with based on when your audience is online. So they have some kind of magical behind the scenes formula and they will suggest like optimal times for you to post. And those do seem to get better engagement. Um, but I would just, I would just suggest trying different times and then looking back and seeing, um, what works for your audience across the different networks, because different things are going to perform better different places. You know, one size does not fit all for social media networks. And I think anybody that's in the social media space does know that, but, um, sometimes it's a lot easier to just take that same tweet and slap it across all the different networks. Um, but you're going to be sacrificing some results if you do it that way. So. And I would imagine that the, that's true of images too, right? Like you got to adjust for the platform. Because mm-hmm. I know like, uh, I, yeah. and I've tried this, like the same image across Twitter and LinkedIn. And these are personal posts, not for, for text yep. And it's like, yeah. one, if it works it, yeah, and one, it may not even get touched on the other. Yeah. Yep. And I've tried some of those experiments as well. And yep, same thing. You can't. It is nice to be able to, if you do have one image that you want to use to optimize it for the the size that is preferred on that network to kind of optimize it. And so that's where something like a Snagit um, uh, template or a saved you know size comes in handy or like Canva where you can take a template for a social media post and you know this is the size that I need for Instagram, but that's not the same size that you need for Twitter necessarily to be to displayed in the optimum 
our optimal size. Yeah, for sure. And there's plenty of guides out there. If you're unsure of what sizes, mm-hmm. I know Sprout Social actually, they're, they're the one I go to because they have a, an always updated sizing yes. guide. Because it seems like once I figure it out, the social media platform changes the size of images and videos. They like, like to keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, same with video. They can't all use the same video. They can't all use, you know, it would be boring then. We, what would we, what would we even have jobs for? So, so Jesse, in terms of, uh, again, kind of keep on the theme of images and videos, what, what have you, from your experience, what has been the most successful post with an image or video that you've seen? Like what, and, and I'm less interested in the post cause we don't care really about what the post is, but mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, what about that? made it successful? I mean, you've talked about some various, various kind of things that you've done, but is there Mm -hmm. one that stands out in your mind of like, yeah, this really worked. And are there characteristics that we could learn from? Yeah, definitely. Um, So I mentioned, and I know they've been on the, um, on the stream before content 10 X is an awesome company that we work with and they do a lot of repurposing of, you know, of this live stream, uh, you know, our blog content. Um, They do a lot of awesome work for us. And we have learned so much from them in terms of what works well and what doesn't. So one of the things that um, we recently experimented with um, was on LinkedIn. We know that videos were working very well there and they do a really nice job of taking a chunk of a video, um, putting text, the text captions right on the video so that you don't have to have the sound on. You can still hear what's going on with the video by, by reading it. Um, and then it's a short video. It's not too long. It keeps you engaged. It's got a nice bright color going on, like a lower third call out or a title. Um, so it catches your eye, stops you from scrolling. It's very clear what you're going to learn from this video. So that alone was doing pretty well. Then we took it a step further and we optimized the content. Um, the text content that was going along with it. So on LinkedIn, um, those first two lines are so important to hook people in. And so we know that we don't want to be just selling people and telling them, hey, go read this blog post. You know, there are plenty of social media posts that do that. And we've done that for a long time, but we're realizing that it's why would we not just give the value where the people are reading it right now? So along with that video that has the captions on it, so you can watch it quickly, we optimize the content in text form. So you can just read the post. Those first two lines tell you exactly what you're going to learn. Then we spell out the valuable information that you're getting in the video right there in the post. You don't have to go anywhere. If you want to, we've got the link for you. You can go read that or find other, other posts, but, um, you know, the whole goal of that is to be giving people that valuable information. So they're learning something from us. And so giving it to them in the platform that they're on really resonated and it really worked, worked well to edit that text to match what was being said in the video, rather than generic call to action that was like, you know, here's a video with this person, click here to read more. Um, That's boring and plain. And it's just kind of the same thing. You've got to stand out a little bit and you've got to be providing value. Well, a couple of things that you mentioned, I just want to, again, kind of pull out here that I thought were Mm -hmm. were really interesting. One, that the text is there, so I don't have to listen to it. And I think that's great because when I, I know, like, and this is when I do a lot of consumption, I'm, I'm probably laying in bed or I've just woken either way, going to bed or waking up. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, scroll, scroll, scroll. I don't have headphones. And I just like, what's it? I'm not going to watch this video. I just, I skipped mm-hmm. and, and 
guilty as charged, but as a guy that makes a lot of video, I skip a lot because I'm like, this is not convenient because I'm not going to wake up my partner mm -hmm. over here because exactly, I want to listen yeah. to, to like, you know, whatever yeah. video. Um, but then you, you also said that, that with this optimizing text that it's, it's, e it's not either or, right? Like you can't just put a video mm -hmm. and ex expect it to be uh, successful, but that, that you're, you're pulling out this information. And the third thing that was really key to me that you were giving them the highlights and I love this because mm -hmm. social media is quick, right? Like I don't want to spend yeah. an hour, which you may, there's times I consume content that's an hour long sure. every week. But mm -hmm. in, in that context of where it is that if I want more, then I have access to go get more versus I don't, but I'm still getting that, that piece there. So I think those are all really awesome takeaways from what you just said. And hopefully if you're not trying these things, folks, this is the opportunity to, to learn from Jesse. Go, go take whether you're doing your yeah. own personal blog or personal social media accounts or you're managing an account for an organization, this is this is the goal. This is why I love talking to people like yeah. you, Jesse. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. I'm just excited to have time to geek out about it because I, I tell everybody, like, sometimes people will come and ask me a question, you know, that I don't work with every day. And I'm just so eager, you know, I'm like Elf with his itinerary on the Etch-A-Sketch. And then people are like, I just had this one question. I'm like, that's cool. That's fine. That's, shake so, it up. It's fun. It's fun for me to have an opportunity to get to nerd out a little bit. So, so then in, in the spirit of that, and I want to make sure, okay, we've got maybe five, 10 minutes before we, I want to, we got to announce these winners, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, I want to help teach us. Okay. Let's say I'm either new in social media or I'm trying to up my game because you know, and, and we have these experiments, things that we're doing at TechSmith where we're kind of, mm -hmm. you know, we get together and we talk about, oh, well, how are we going to post on this and for our own personal stuff? But like for someone who's coming to this and watching this, like what's the number one thing you would give as a piece of advice, nerding out with them like, OK, here's what you got to try. And maybe we've already said it, but maybe we haven't. What? Oh, teach us. Wise one. <laughs> <laughs> Just one thing? Oh, gosh. Well, let's start with one thing because we've got time. <laughs> I, but I want, what's the first thing then? Instead of saying one thing, what's the first thing? I think the first thing is that you need to know your audience, definitely. Um, if you don't know who you're talking to, then it doesn't matter what you're putting out there. It's probably not going to land. Um, so knowing your audience is key and knowing where they are. So you don't need to start big with every single network and putting all of your content everywhere know your audience and start small. <laughs> so the, the follow-up question then is, I'm new to this, Jesse. How do mm -hmm. I figure out who my audience is? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm guessing that's different if you're a brand versus you're doing it for your own personal sure. kind of reasons. But what suggestions do you give to, to get that information? Because I think it's it's a great advice. And it's something you've, yes. you've watched, I think, every show almost. So you know it's something that we say often on the Visual Lounge is you got to know your audience, whether you're creating training content, customer education yep. content, technical documentation. It's no different. Mm -hmm. But I think the way you get to know these things is, is different. So what, yeah. what would you say? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple different ways you could do it. First, I would probably join some join some groups or ask around um, in that in your industry, especially if you're a brand. Look at where your competitors are. Um, survey your survey your audience for sure. If you have a newsletter or something like that, um, if you already have accounts, look at where people are following you. If you know on 
not all of them, but on most um, platforms, you can see a little bit of demographic information. You can see, you know, maybe some job titles or industries or even geographical areas, you know, is your audience primarily English speaking or is it bilingual? That's going to be important as well. There's lots of things to consider. Um, so, you know, it's going to be different for a consumer brand versus a software company, right? Um you know, maybe it's going to be Instagram versus LinkedIn, and there's going to be a big difference there. So if you're only posting on Instagram all the time, you know, you're totally missing them. But um, if you have an established account, go and look at who's following you, try and find out who they are. And then I would say, um, look at your, who you consider your competitors and see where they have a presence. That's probably a good indicator of where to start. There's no need to reinvent the wheel because they, you know, uh, if they're doing a good job, they're doing well, they're getting good engagement on their content, it's likely that they already did that research and they know where the audience is. Yeah, I love that. I love that advice. Go to your competitors because that's not something that uh, I think a lot of, like in other industries, right? Like if I'm an instructional designer, I, I can't go to my competitors, mm -hmm. but I, for sure. social media, that makes total sense. And I would even say, who are your friends? Uh, if I can add to that, yep. right? Like if you've got good friends that are talking similarly, but you're not competitive. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just in a similar space. I would, I would imagine I'm not giving anything secret away here, but I would like, if I want to know who's doing great audio, like we make yeah. stuff that's an audio. Who's, who's, who, who are the audience for people in blue Yeti? Like, I don't know. That's probably yeah. at least somewhat similar. Um, yeah. So, okay. So that's one piece of advice. Know your audience. What's the second piece mm -hmm. of advice, Jesse? And I'm just going to say a question coming up. We're going to have to ask because Jeff Julian asked the question, your favorite oh, Funko God. Pop. So in the back of your head, you've got to be thinking oh. about your favorite Funko Pop. Uh, but okay. let's get to the second piece of advice because that's probably almost as valuable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So no, yes, knowing your audience, meaning you know who they are, know where they are. Um, oh, gosh, this is tough. I guess it would probably be um, understanding your goals and what information is going to be valuable for your audience. Um, so it kind of goes along with knowing who they are, but um, you know, say I'm selling shampoo. Is it a specialized shampoo? What do I need people to know about this? Are people searching for a special kind of shampoo? Is there something that I could be teaching along with that? So not just about your product, but about the solutions and the benefits that it provides for people. Um, you know, we do a lot of SEO research to find out what are people searching for that our products could help solve problems for. Um, so I think that is probably the next thing is to make sure your content aligns with that audience and that um, your goal of what you're trying to provide value for aligns with what their problems are that they're trying to solve. So that brings up a question in my mind. And I, you know, because we talked a lot earlier about the helping people and solving problems. So let's take your shampoo hypothetical. I'm just thinking about all the technical. <laughs> I got shampoo in my eye. What do I do? Like, that, I mean, I, right. I ingested shampoo. Like, mm -hmm. uh, the word shampoo is so funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Oh, but think about it. Uh, but so, like, how, how, how do you balance? Like, if, because if you're setting your goals, right, I, this is what I want to achieve. And your goal is probably not, I mean, yes, to be helpful, but like your goal is probably promotion if you're a brand. Um, yeah. How do you balance that out then of being like how helpful you are versus like how much attention you're paying? Is it just like you should always just be helpful? Like, I, I mean, 
my guess is like, that's me. I would always just say like, yeah, I'm going to err on the side of always trying to answer every question. But which, as you said earlier, many people are turning to social media. If I need help with a, from a brand, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't find their contact page necessarily. I will tweet at right. them because I expect a result there versus, you know, like that. So I'm guessing my goal might be a little bit slightly different than I always want to help people. Like sure. I want to answer every single question because that's just like all the time. What's the balance there? Maybe that's a stupid question, but that's kind of what was in no, my head as you're not. sharing that. No, that's a great question. Um, and there are different goals, you know, throughout the organization. There are going to be different goals that, you know, um, the the CEO has than, you know, than I have than other people across the organization have. Um, so, you know, there's always going to be different um, parts of the funnel that you're going to reach people through. So knowing um, what the goal is for each piece of that and the channel that you're going to be reaching people on. So for social media, is our goal selling people software? Is it being helpful? Those are all great questions. And the answer can be yes to all of those. Um, however, the, the type of content that I'm, um, that I primarily work with is our organic social media. So it's unpaid media. So we're sharing information to be helpful. We're trying to solve problems and solutions um, to things. Whereas if you have something like a remarketing campaign, people have already shown interest and intent in buying your products. And so then you're going to serve them up an ad that maybe is trying to remind them that they started a purchase that they didn't complete and maybe nudge them along that path a little more. Um, in our case, maybe it's somebody who's never made a video before. So we want to try and catch them, you know, and just be helpful. And that builds awareness. And so then you're getting them into the fold. And if they can associate your brand with providing helpful content and being valuable, there's more of a chance that they're going to, even if they don't purchase your product themselves, they may recommend it to someone else. And that's, you know, something you can't really buy. Yeah, no, that is absolutely gold. And that's a great answer because I, I think people struggle. We struggle with that, right? And I think understanding how that works. I want to go to another question. And then the, the Funko Pop question is still out there. So we're, we're going to get it's to that. And then, then we need to talk Thinking. about then we need to talk about winners here. Uh, Kathy asks, uh, let me just see if I can put this up on the screen here. How do you keep up with the constant changes to social media platforms? It is difficult to be an expert for each platform. That's a great question, especially we talked about there's, you know, images, sizes and video sizes, and those are always different. And it seems like they're always mm -hmm. kind of shifting over time. So what do you do? How do you keep track? Yeah. How do you keep up on it all? You're just magical, well, right? I'm just magical. I just, you know, um, no, I wouldn't, I will never pretend to be an expert in everything because first of all, I think that's impossible. And if you do that, I'd love to talk to you and know your secret Maybe you don't sleep. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, you can't be an expert in everything. What I do try to do is follow um, sources that are curating the things I need to know for me. So I'm part of, um, you know, a couple of social media groups. I subscribe to a few newsletters where I know that they're going to be on top of the latest things. And I can get emails right to my inbox that give me kind of the kind of the headlines of what I need to know, like, uh oh, this network's changing their size again, or um, there's this new feature on another one. I noticed there's a Twitter chat tomorrow about a new feature of Twitter that I was like, ooh, can I make that? And then, I, you know, I always sign up for things and then I get the recordings and I'm notorious for not watching those. But um, I still, in the back of my mind, have that, you know, kind of going like, okay, I know there's something changing with this. I'm going to need to remember that. That's going to come up at some point. Um, 
and that's kind of my superpower, you know, as a mom to bring that in is that, you know, I'm constantly cataloging things around the house. Like there's a red Barbie shoe under the couch. Somebody's going to look for that in a couple of days. I don't have time to pick it up right now, but I'm just going to tuck that away for later. And sure enough, someone asks. So just like social media, things are constantly changing and you're cataloging. Like my biggest thing is to skim the headlines of the things I subscribe to, to try and keep up and connecting with people in your industry that, um, that are those experts that you kind of look up to. That's huge for me. Yeah, I love that. And of course, no one would take this show and just watch the highlights or skim it, right? No, of course not. No, well, we fully expect that, actually. Uh, another question before we get to Jeff's Funko Pop question is actually from Jeff. It's a little bit long, so I'm gonna let's we'll go through this here. How important is it for TechSmith to track these helpful interactions back to customer records? If you helped me via chat or Facebook Messenger, do others in the organization know that if they looked me up in the CRM, the ultimate goal being be able to track interactions to ROI? Now, I don't. I want to be careful here because I don't want to get anybody in trouble about talking about our processes if we can't talk about processes. But I, I would generally imagine that these things are generally helpful. Uh, you know, are what? What are your thoughts about just questions? I'm not going to interject anymore because I, I have yeah. opinions. But you're the expert. Sure. So for social media specifically, um, that is a very important part of how we approach a conversation with a customer. Um, in an ideal world, you would have a conversation history and know that you are not a first-time trial user. Maybe you've been using our products for 10 years. So I'm not going to give you a beginner answer. I'm not going to treat you like you know nothing about it. Um, but I'm also, you know, I'm not going to act like you should know this either. Obviously, I would never do that. But um, that context is so important when you're talking with people so that you aren't going to people who have been using your product for 10 years and saying, hey, do you want to try Camtasia? And they're like, I've been using this forever. Why would you, you know, um, it, it kind of puts people off and it, it does kind of... Um, wrinkle that connection a little bit where it takes away that, um, that helpfulness and they kind of feel like you don't, you don't care as much because you're not trying to know who they are and, and remember them. You know, people want to feel special and people want to feel like they have, you know, these connections and that's, I'm, I'm huge on connections and, and relationship building. I'm not, I'm not the cold caller. I'm I would never be a good salesperson because, I just would be way too nice about it and be like, well, you know, this is cool, but if you don't like it, then that's okay. We can just be friends. And um, I just wouldn't be a good salesperson because of that. <laughs> I, that's why we get along so well, Jesse, I think it's because <laughs> we're of like mind in that sense. So uh, great, I'm great sorry answer. To any of our sales team watching this. Well, no, we still sell stuff, but hopefully it's through those connections as relationships, right? Like hopefully we, <laughs> yes. find, we provide so much value. And I think that's exactly. true. And I think that's a good, it's a good point. And I mean, we joke about that, right? Like, but I think yeah. though it's hard to estimate the value of those relationships in social and, mm -hmm. you know, that one well-placed answer to help somebody to get through a problem or their, that mm -hmm. kind of ongoing consistency of, of support, I think is so valuable um, that if you're not doing social media in that way, Jesse is a great example. And, you know, it's easy for me to say that because I work for TechSmith, but in general, I've learned so much about being able to connect with people and that being able to be willing to help people uh, from mm -hmm. Jesse is, is, it's super valuable. And I, I, I love, I love your answer, right? Like we want to treat people and not because we want them just to feel special, but because we think they are special. We want them to know that we, yeah. we genuinely oh, agree with and want them to, to mm -hmm. know that like, we're so grateful. Like everyone in the chat, Jeff and Kathy and, uh, you know, everybody else that has posted, uh, yeah. Alan and 
everyone that's just said hello. That's really meaningful to us. And hello. we, we g- genuinely yeah. feel that way. So. Yeah, definitely. I get really excited when I see names that I recognize. It's in the chat. I'm like, oh, hey, again, like Buddy Delph. I just get so excited. So when I'm doing the chat, um, I'm like, hey, does anybody have any questions? Hey, does anybody want to know what, what Matt thinks about this? And I feel so obnoxious when people don't answer. So, you know, just a shout out to everybody that does participate in the chat. Thank you so much for making our jobs easier because I, I don't like Matt to feel like he's talking to no one because he's not. But uh, at the same time, it's understandable if you don't have questions, that's OK. But it's so much more fun when you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jesse, the time has come. You have to answer the, the, the hardest question of, of the day. What's your favorite Funko Pop? And I'm going to switch to your okay. sa- sh- shot so you can because you okay. can see Jesse has a few. And those are just a I few do. showing. OK. All right. So it's really tough here. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Drax. Uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy because he is holding baby Groot. So it's a two for one. And Drax is my favorite from Guardians of the Galaxy because he has the best sense of humor ever. So he's probably my favorite right now. Um, and runner up's got to be Merida because she is my current D&D character. So there you go. So I have, you know, it's funny. I, I own one uh, Funko Pop. My kids own uh, really? uh, several. Yeah, but I have one. I'll, I'll grab it real quick. I, and it's totally Dungeons and Dragons. It is a, a mind flayer, illithid. Uh, oh, so yeah, he, he watches over and controls a bunch of stuff. But Jesse, we have something more important to talk about. We can talk Dungeons sure and Dragons do. and Funko Pop all day long. That should be, we could start. We should, part, could almost start a separate podcast. But I don't think TechSmith yes. wants that. We had a contest, and Jesse was uh, integral in helping this to pull off. We posted this on social. We talked it here on the Visual Lounge. That if because we've been doing this thing for a year and we're going to get hopefully in a whole nother year, we even started a second series. If you haven't checked out our workflow series, part of the visual lounge podcast with Justin and Andy and myself, uh, those are, those are really fun. I enjoy, those aren't live, but we enjoy recording those talking about video recreation from three perspectives, a fairly novice, not video creator, me with instructional design background. Andy as a video professional video producer. We asked people to share what they learned this last year and had put a hashtag Social media. We learned this from social media. Uh, oh, the yeah. Visual Lounge. And we we have a list. <laughs> I'm not going to share the list because we've got a bunch of information in there I can't share. But we've got several entries and we've got dice because Dungeon. This is, see, we're tying it all back. Dungeons and Dragons. This is not random conversation. Right. I'm a nerd and I've got, this is just a few of the dice. Uh, yes. We're not going to roll all of them, but we're going to roll enough to pick our three winners. So uh, should we should we do this, Jesse? Do you, do you have your dice right there? Um, yeah, I do. Do you want to roll for one of these two? We we can both roll. Because that's really the fun of D12. What, uh, a D12, okay. Yeah, so, okay, here we go. I'll roll the first one while you're getting yours out. Here it goes. Go ahead. Got us. Okay, that's a one. So. Okay. Uh, it it was, uh, I guess, can I share names, Jesse? Is that, was that legit? Michael Greth. He shared on Twitter, and let me just pull this up here so I can I can look at it. I had actually all of them open, but it's too many. Uh, burn subtitles into your video with Microsoft Stream and Camtasia. Yes. So. And good, I good believe tip. this one is in German, if I am remembering yes. correctly. So that makes it harder for me to understand, but we've got people that yes, can understand me it. me too, so. but I did send it to Anton, so. Fantastic. So that's our first one. Awesome. Congratulations, Michael. Let's yeah, have thank you, you 
Reroll a okay, one ready? or a 12. So just so you know. Okay. A two. A two. This was shared on Facebook. Uh, and I apologize if I get, if I'm not saying the name exactly correct. Correct. Taik Sun uh, shared. Let me open this one up here. Oh, that's the same. I clicked on the link twice. <laughs> this one was, uh, I'd have to go and watch it because it talks about what they've learned from, they just shared, that's what it said. I, uh, so we have to, it just oh, says, screenshot. What, what I've learned from text message oh. live streams and the visual lounge. But yes, we'll take this it. was a video too. So I, bonus points for that, a video created with Camtasia. So, so nicely done. What are the odds that we've rolled a one and a two? I know that's pretty crazy. So let's, we got one more winner. Now each of these winners is going to get to choose six month subscriptions to the visual, like not the visual lounge. You get that all the time. That's the free. visual lounge. You get to watch ah! us for a whole other year. Six month subscription <laughs> of Audi or six month subscription of assets for Camtasia or assets for Cam or for Snagit. Your choice of one of those. Audi, if, if you don't know, is a TechSmith product takes your, your audio or your video oh. and turns it into transcriptions, which is super awesome. Uh, super mm -hmm. great tool. Uh, Which I use Audi every time I do on my shareouts because I say um about 30,000 times a minute. And it's like magic. It just, okay. it, you can silence your ums or you can cut them out. And it's amazing. Yeah. It, it, I love it too. I've been using it, especially for social media because then I can get those captions in for one-off quick videos. Okay. Yes. I rolled an 11. So we, okay. we broke the streak. One, two, three, not three, but 11. Okay. This is Corey Freedy. Uh, shared on Twitter, and Corey said, if you are trying to improve your videos, either for students or yourself, Visual Lounge from TechSmith has great tips. Oh, thank you. Check out the archives because I learned too many things this year to fit in 160 characters. And it looks like um, was a link to one of our last episodes, which is which yeah. is awesome, Corey. Thank Very you so cool. much. That I, so that's the reason we want to do this because we one here's the thing that I've learned from a learning perspective. If you're reflecting on what you're learning, you actually learn more. And we know mm -hmm. as a visual lounge, we cover a lot of topics, a lot of a variety of topics. We go from education, like educators, to instructional designer, technical writers, marketing. We're covering this whole gamut of using about visuals and images, and we just want you guys to make sure you're learning because we do this. For that purpose, we just are trying to be helpful. We want you to learn. So we're going to reach out to those winners. If you're not here live today, we're so glad that you could uh, share that with us. And if you've learned something from the Visual Lounge, go ahead and tag us, hashtag Visual Lounge, because guess who's going to see it? Uh, other way, I got to get, get my camera right. Jesse's going to see it. <laughs> and we're going to I've been backwards this whole time. It's very disorienting. But it's it okay. always is. We made uh, it. Someday I'll learn that I got to point the right direction. So. <laughs> With that said, I mean, we are we are about at time. So, Jesse, let's do this just because I think it's always good. Any final thoughts for our audience about using video and images for social media? Sure. Uh, yeah, using images and video for social media is wonderful because it helps you stand out. You can convey information in a quick manner, and it's easy for people to scan and take in the information that they need and get the value out of what you're trying to communicate. So highly recommend that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, with that said, we're not, we're going to skip what's new at TechSmith, although there's always new great things at TechSmith. Go check that out. We do want to ask, of course, if you like what you hear on the Visual Lounge, let us know, leave a rating, review, a thumbs up, subscribe to it on YouTube. You can go check it out on our blog, TechSmith.com slash blog. We, 
We mentioned all this great repurposing. You can get the full episodes in a video format, in a blog post format, and uh, you know, there's, then there's social content on all the channels. So just look for us. We will be around. Thanks again Definitely. to Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. Thank I, you we'll for do, having me. We'll do this again. And Jesse, you're a constant part of the show too, always helping us out in the chat. So thank you for a year of there's, helping me. And sorry, you have to work, keep favorite. listening. <laughs> a year of having yes, to listen to you, this everyone. guy again talk about stuff. <laughs> I love it. So thanks thank you, everybody Matt. for tuning in and we will catch you guys next week with another episode here in the Visual Lounge. Till next time.